Hello there and welcome to the podcast. It's John Markar here and I thought I'd just jump in with a very quick but very important message that I wanted to share with you before you delve into this episode of the Driven Chat podcast. This podcast, the Driven Chat podcast, has now come to an end. But don't worry, I'm not going to stop you from listening to this episode or from catching up with the 185 episodes that we've recorded in this format. I just wanted to let you know that if you're looking for our new episodes recorded after December 2023, then you'll need to seek out our new podcast, The Driven Podcast. You can find The Driven Podcast in all the usual podcast platforms, including, chances are, the one that you're listening to this one on right now. So please do enjoy this episode, share it with a friend by all means. But when it's done, don't forget to search for the new podcast, The Driven Podcast, and subscribe to the new format to hear the new stuff. To make life easy, head on over to the Driven website via driven.site. There you will find links through to the new podcast, including links to your preferred podcast platform. And hey, whilst you're there, why not check out everything else we do, including hand-picked automotive news stories, car and bike reviews, video features, and even more. For now, though, I'll let you enjoy this episode. And I will remind you again at the end of the episode, but for the future reference, this message is approximately 1 minute and 30 seconds long. That's six clicks on the 15-second skip button. Enjoy. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. You dream it, we bring it to life. Find out more at drivenchat.com. Hello, welcome to the latest Driven Chat Podcast. I hope you're having an excellent week. Thank you very much for your company today. We are your automotive rambly waffly thing that drops every Monday morning at the crack of dawn. And our ambition and our hope is that when you start your week with your first coffee of the week, you have us in your ears. Well, if you just choose to do it later in the week, that's cool too. But thank you anyway for those of you that brew up and tune in. I, I'm never going to be able to coin that phrase very successfully. I like that. But the good news is... Oh, do you? That's yeah. the voice of John Markov. If he likes it, it might be all right. Brew up and tune in, John. Brew up and tune in. That is a very good uh, early morning phrase. If oh, let's 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 once we can we, hashtag that. We should once we get onto a breakfast show of some variety that has a, a taste for automotive content in the morning, then uh, that should be our slogan. <laughs> well, the thing is, you know, I mean, the pod drops at something like four a.m. Right, so yeah. so hopefully people when they turn their phones on first thing on on Monday morning at the start of the week, they get that little alert, mm. and therefore they've probably seen that before they've got to the coffee machine. Hence, <laughs> brew up and tune in. That was that was the thinking. I like it's it. tacky though, isn't it? <laughs> are you sure? I, I think you guys are just humouring yeah, me. No, I like, I like on the it. Loud mic. I, I genuinely like it. I should have gone with that, actually. Yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I mean, John's given it the seal of approval. If Amy, by the way, hello, Amy Shaw. Hello. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you, Andy J. I'm very, very well. And talking about brews 
makes me want to have a cup of tea now. I'm feeling a little bit like, yeah, I need to have a little sleep, I think, a little nap. So um... You can't be lethargic because <laughs> the listener is listening to us in the morning. It's <laughs> a very good point. But <laughs> this is the other thing. So I don't always listen to our own podcast on Monday, Monday morning because I'm often on shoots and, and mm. you know, stuff like that. So I, I often listen to our podcast, if, especially if I've not been on it because it's all lovely new conversation, when I'm running. So you guys, uh... I would like, you know, for future podcasts that I'm not necessarily, if you could give me words of encouragement for myself and I'm sure lots of other people do listen to us as they are doing their exercise as well just like can we have you know we, hashtag brew up tune in or hashtag I don't know lace, lace up, up tune in <laughs> yeah lace up tune in we need All to of think those. of a generic we need to motivate everybody in whatever they're doing so if you're so run faster or enjoy that first morning coffee <laughs> or sleep well <laughs> <laughs> because a lot of people listen to podcasts as they go to sleep. sleep yeah um, I don't know if that's a, a good thing or a bit of an insult. I don't. I don't know how people manage that. Have you tried? I, I made the mistake. You know, like when everybody joins a gym in January. Obviously, not at the moment. Yeah. But like, you know, in any normal year, people join gyms in January and never go. You know, they're like they, they've lapsed by February. So I made the mistake of like a Christmas time special offer to that Calm app. Yes, you know that thing that's supposed app. to kind of. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know if yeah. I guess it's kind of meditation, sleep stories, whatever else. I've used it once. Ah. I was the thing is the thing is I know that the whole point of the stories is to bore you to sleep, right? Yeah. But I was so bored I couldn't handle the idea of falling asleep to such a dull story. So I turned it off. And I've never touched it again. I just haven't even though I you know, I was special offer, la da 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 but it was still like, I don't know, twenty quid or something that I've Good what Lord. a waste on the on just twenty quid on being chronically bored. So I don't know how you could listen to a pod before going to sleep. Without kind of engaging with, I know, it, do you know what I, mean? I know. But if you look, I, I know, I know that the Apple podcast thing. If you've got an iPhone or an iPad, there is actually a a sleep timer, so that mm. it, it knows to turn it off once it's finished, so it doesn't fire into a new jingle. Because there'd be nothing worse. Imagine that you've you've just heard that last <laughs> the subtle soothing words as you're falling asleep, and then suddenly grew up and tune in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> No. Well, whatever you're doing. Monday night sleep (laughs) ruined. (laughs) Whatever you're doing, listener, do it well and enjoy yourself. (laughs) Do you know, we haven't said a thing about cars yet. We're like four minutes in. I know. This is actually. Talking about coffee. We talked about running, which has made my. Just. uh, And and, and the car map. Other apps are available to bore you. (laughs) It's funny, though. I thought you said car map, as in a map that you read. In the car, it took me a second to go. Oh, the calm, calm app. app. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's how my brain's wired. I that just... would be that would be quite a way, wouldn't it? Just before you're falling asleep, how do you do it? Some people listen to meditative things. Some people just get on the pillow and fall asleep. Other people pull out an ordnance survey. <laughs> <laughs> we still haven't well talked done. about no, cars. I feel like you know Mazda MX-5. Okay, we've, we've mentioned something. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. This is Happy a really days. nice chat, actually. It is. Yeah. <laughs> not this bit. Sorry, not this. I mean, this, I mean, this, this bit, bit is good, lovely, but, but what you're say, referring to. What you're is it? To, what you're about to listen to is a really nice chat. Yeah, I have guest envy, actually, because you guys have the company of Alex Goy, who is a man I have so much admiration and time for. I've, I've been fortunate to know Alex for, I don't know, five, five, six years now. Lovely, lovely man. One of the leading lights in automotive journalism. He's He's written for 
pretty much everyone. Mm. He's presented for lots of people as well. He was one of the guys that I thought, do you remember when they had that open casting call for Top Gear and Rory Reed yes. got it? Yes, I do. And I think Alex went up for it, actually. I think he went up for it. But he was one of the guys that I just assumed was going to walk it. You know, because I thought he would have been so good on it because his car knowledge is second to none. I mean, he's absolutely. Mm -hmm. But his way with words, the way he carries himself, his all round kind of demeanor. And actually, I would also say over the last maybe 24 months or so, his openness about his own mental health as mm -hmm. well is is so admirable and impressive. He is a guy that I'm only impressed by. And I would have loved to have joined you on the chat. We couldn't because it's kind of a drawing straws thing at the moment because the three of us mm. have worked out that we can't all record the three of us plus guest without it sounding really higgledy-piggledy <laughs> for you listeners. So I got the short straw and didn't get to chat to Alex. But you two, well, you get all the fun. No, we did. And, and, and it was a great chat. It is a great chat. And I really hope that uh, the listener will enjoy it. And, and all the things you've mentioned there, funnily enough, Andy, we, we pretty much cover. It's almost as if we've written a script for this, which we categorically have not. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, we, I, we cover, I... we cover the, the journalism side. We cover the openness about mental health. Um, a, a lot of very, very interesting insights into that world of being a motoring journalist slash presenter slash writer slash producer, you know, kind of in, inserts uh, media titles here because Alex has dabbled in all of them. And it's, it's great to hear a, a very open, a very honest and a very exciting version or exciting stories behind the world. Yeah. And you know what I would say as well is our listeners, I'm convinced if they don't already know who he is, they've absolutely read something he's written or yeah. been influenced mm -hmm. by his opinion on cars or whatever. And I will just say within the industry, and I'm not sort of pertaining to be an industry insider per se, but, you know, we all get to know various different people, etc. You'd be hard-pressed to find someone that doesn't think Alex is absolutely, incredibly, brilliantly brilliant at his job. Yeah. Everyone, everyone I know in the automotive industry, just from manufacturers and PRs through to influencers and other journalists and writers and so on, they just, he's right up there. He is so, so widely admired and appreciated. He, and I'm not sure he knows that all the time, actually, but, you know, people think he is brilliant and rightly so. Mm. Absolutely. Well, he knows it now because he's listening to this, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I'm not sure if he will be or not. But if he is, hello, Alex. I'm gutted I didn't get to join you. Thanks for doing this, well, man. I really appreciate it. It was such a lovely chat that we have discussed. Maybe you'll have to do another Alex 2.0 chat. So 100%. We definitely do. need to do that. So and when, when we can actually sit around a table again or, or you know, be in, a, be in the same room or the same environment again, let's get Alex in because, yeah, as you say, we there was we could have talked for hours, I'm mm -hmm. sure, and I, and and we yeah. may that conversation continue in the not too distant future. <laughs> top top man, brilliant. Well, look, I can't wait to hear it. I know this is going to be a cracking listen. You're in for a treat. What was the term we were trying to use that I made up that was rubbish? Brew up and tune in. That's the one. Tune. Yep. Brew. Or was it tie your laces and go to bed? I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Get your ordnance survey maps out and hope for the best. <laughs> This is Driven Chat. Thank you very much for your company today. Here is the brilliant Alex Goy. The Driven Chat podcast in association with Paramex Digital. And here we are with the man himself, Mr. Alex Goy. Hello. How are you? I'm all right. It's, it's lockdown. There's a pandemic. The world is, well, the, the, the world is a trash fire. Um, this, th th this week's 2021 bingo card or pandemic bingo card is Reddit taking on GameStop and the stock market. <laughs> 
Do which you know I know will horribly date this, but the thing is, by the time this comes out, it could be three days, it could be three weeks. We will have forgotten even if it's tomorrow, because more strange 2021 nonsense will have occurred. It's true, and I'm so glad you brought it up, because just before we started recording, I was telling Amy, I was being really frustrated at not being able to get into my Trading212 account, because I am one of those people that's, uh, that's causing the storm. Um, have you made a billion pounds yet? No, is, is the answer. Right now, no. So uh, you're absolutely right, Alex. At the time that this does come out, I'm either going to be on a gold-plated yacht somewhere <laughs> or um, I've sold something or something is for sale. <laughs> and either way, you'll know what's happened. Right. Um, but yes, yeah, so I should say, we should, we should bring Amy into the Amy, you're not on the, uh, on the, the trading um, I am trend not, at the moment, are you? But if you do end up going on a gold-plated yacht... <laughs> Can I please socially distance, come with you and have a few cocktails because I could do it the holiday? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm, yeah, everyone's invited. <laughs> everyone's invited on the gold, on the gold yacht. Um, no, I think last time I looked, I was up about £35, which is... You know, it's, That's it's, not bad. It's not life-changing. Um, That's one cocktail on your gold-plated yacht. Just. Yeah. Well, just. Shortly, shortly before we went live, I was having a look at... At what was happening and the 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 app in America that uh, they're they're trading two one two Robinhood has stopped trading on GameStop yeah. and AMC and loads of others and the price has tanked from three hundred to two hundred and that's probably going to keep going. Yeah. So yeah. I'm guessing you're selling a motorbike. Uh, it, it could be the case. It could be the case. Yeah, yeah. But hey, we're not here to talk about my financial misfortune and terrible decisions. We're here to talk to you, Alex. We're here to talk about your financial misfortune and terrible decisions. <laughs> now, Alex, I don't know what is the what is the best way to uh, describe you because in my head I have you down as a motoring journalist. Would you say that's the the most adequate title for you? Y- yeah. I to be honest, I don't really know. I, I, I don't really count myself as a journalist because I'm a terrible journalist. Like, oh, I, I, I know guys who will sniff out a story and go and find this through the ends of the earth and, and, and all that. Whereas I'm quite lazy. Um, but I do like, in, I like interviewing people and finding stuff out and, and what have you, which, which is great. But no, I, I'm a journalist, presenter, noise, mouth, face, whole thing. I, I, I don't know. I just, I, 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 how, I tell you what. I was once described in, uh, well, Jalopnik once described me as a vampire because of a night shoot. And the Daily Mail described me as a motoring commentator. <laughs> well, that's not, that's, you it's know, very motoring nice. commentator's nice. Motoring I don't know what it means, commentator, but it, it's nice. It means literally nothing, but it's sort of a kind of like me. You, so fine. <laughs> <laughs> you chat cars and that's what people mainly need to know. Yeah, commentating. You're commentating you commentate ev- about cars. Commentating the cars. That's yeah. It's it, I like it. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with it. I'm gonna <laughs> I will. For, I'm gonna make sure you're listed as car commentator on the title of this podcast. Maybe. <laughs> so I, I, I don't I, I don't do influencery things, and I don't write for a, a, a like a weekly car mag. So I don't know. I'm in this sort of no man's land of just knowing stuff about cars. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna. I'm gonna hold. I'm gonna bank one of those words. So I'm gonna bank the word influencer because we'll come back to that in a second. Um, right. But from the journalism point of view, at the moment, am I right in thinking you are a what, what has become affectionately known in the world as a freelancer? Is that correct? I am indeed a freelancer. I'm a prostitute with a pen. <laughs> um, I will. 
I will. So yeah, I've been freelance now for actually on February the twenty eighth. It will be three years. Wow, which is terribly exciting and a horrifying milestone. Um, yeah, so I write for uh, a bunch of really cool people that I, you know, I've, I've been lucky in that I can choose who I write for and who I work with. There's no sort of I need to do this to pay the bill. Yeah. Uh, yet that said, the, the <laughs> pandemic is young, my friends. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm writing for a, for a bunch of cool people and uh, enjoying life and and times. And I'm, I'm still hope doing bits of video for uh, Carfection, where I basically started my career, um, and uh, social media stuff for for manufacturers who 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 I like. So normally when there's a Geneva, I'm normally found on uh, on Morgan's Facebook channel going, mm-hmm. look, there's a new car. <laughs> Very good. Very yeah. good. And prior to being a freelancer, you were a staff writer. Is that the right word to use? Were you working for magazines? Were you working for... Um, so I, do, I, oh, uh, I tried to join the industry in 2008, which you may all remember, those of you who are old enough, 2008 is when all the money fell off. Yeah. Um, there was no right. money. It just mm-hmm. went away. Um, so trying to join a niche industry with a 2-2 in PR from a poly in the north wasn't going to be easy um and i just sort of i'm i'm lucky in that i um i could afford to be an intern forever okay um, and and not go away i was sort of a cockroach i just kept going round <laughs> magazines being the worky for a bit um and i st- I, st- I started a, a a podcast uh with a couple of mates Entirely with the view to to get a job. It's no longer out there. I don't think. I don't know where it is. Um, uh, yeah, the, the the whole purpose of that was was to get a job because no one was doing them at that point. It was sort of us and awesome. Gareth Jones on Speed in the UK, and then Smoking Tire in the US. Yeah, and Adam Carolla's Car Cast. Is that still going? I don't know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, sort of. I made lots of friends and did lots of launches and had lots of fun um, while also trying to get a job. And eventually, uh, I was doing his Toyota Yaris launch. The last generation Yaris, I think it was. It must be. It's about uh, eight, nine years ago now. Um, and uh, I was waiting for for my mate Tom to to get in the car. But he was taking ages, and he'd agreed to record a podcast, and it was all very exciting. And then he jumped in the driver's seat, and I went, "Oh, so you get the job then?" And he went, "How did you know?" <laughs> I didn't, but I do now. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, he'd he'd got a staff job on a mag he'd he'd love forever. I was like, Tom, you know how you're going to leave that place that you get me into do freelance bits for? <laughs> yes. Can I have your own job? <laughs> yeah. can, I, um, can I present the opportunity for a seamless transition of it, staff it, it, members? It, 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 will, it will be a peaceful transition of power between uh, you and me. And that would be great. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, it was a, a news agency called Spider Red Spy, and we did a bunch of writing stuff. Uh, but with the podcast, I did, because I, I was kind of more keen on the audiovisual side of mm. it. Um, admittedly, it was you know dreadful uh, because I was editing it, and I'm not very good at that. <laughs> but it was it was a start, and I sort of I taught myself to to present and do and do like I did a weekly news update thing um, from my bedroom in a rented flat in Putney because that's what I wanted to do. So every week I'd do um, you know I'd pick out some news stories. There'd be an and finally and all that stuff, and I'd edit it in Windows Movie Maker. It was a million years ago. Don't judge me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um and yeah eventually uh uh car dealer magazine a trademark bought bought it so all the ones on my youtube channel have been deleted i'm not sure if they're still on the the car dealer 
channel, but they're a bit crap. It's a handy cam and a me with lots of hair, which I don't have anymore. <laughs> Thanks, genetics. Um, and um, yeah, just sort of learning, which was pretty cool. And then, uh, yeah, I lost I was five months at Red Spy uh, before a chap called Drew approached me and said, do you want to make videos about cars? And I went, yes. Cool. So leapt into that and just sort of became a video person and then left there for for another job to keep being a video person, then left there and now I'm freelance. And I've sort of had to teach myself how to write again because I'd done some writing, but not lots. Mm. Um, because I'd, I'd purely been script writing, either either for myself or for other people. Yeah. So I had to teach myself how to write again and how to do a news and what cars that weren't Porsches looked like. <laughs> and um, and then, yeah, sort of here I am, doing stuff and things for people. And do you enjoy writing? Because I know that it's it's something I've many, I've many, many friends such as yourself who've got, who are in and around the car journalism and PR world. And writing seems to be something that people either absolutely love or it's part of the job that has to happen and they don't particularly enjoy it. Do you enjoy it or are you kind of... It's- Really, really hard. Why is okay. it hard? Because um, I sometimes like to think that I could maybe, you know, put some words down, they sound all right, because apparently photographers can do that. Then I get round to actually putting words on paper and I'm like, wow, I am not good at this. And so what do you find uh, hard about writing? Um, Especially well, about cars. Part, partly because, uh, because I am... Um, well, John, you, you know this. I'm, I'm quite open about how uh, my mental health is most of the time mm. knackered. Mm. Uh, there, I have that in a monologue of everything you type is utter rubbish. Yeah. This is nonsense. You're a pretender. You know, weapons grade imposter syndrome. But I think a mm. lot of people have that and refuse to admit it. I think a lot of creative um, people do for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but also, you know, it's in in the case of a freelance. If you're writing, if if you if you've got like one car and you're writing it for multiple people you kind of need to tell the same story a number of times, but not the same, which is incredibly <laughs> difficult because you, yep. can, you can do it once and go, yep, done. Yeah. But then do it another two times, but not have any commonality. You can reach the same conclusion because you'd be a fool and a liar mm. if you reach three completely <laughs> different conclusions. You know, it's like recording two, uh, two endings to a video before you've even started, just in case. Um, but... You, uh, yeah. So it, that 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 can be exhausting, and it can be really hard work. There are sometimes it's like um, going for a run. Amy, you're, you're a runner. You do five k's on on the regular. Mm-hmm. So you know how you have days where you're like, yes, this is the best run ever, and you <laughs> knock out like p- uh, PB or close to, and you just think, yeah, that was all right. And you get home, and you're not a sweaty mess. And yep. You feel good. And then you have those days where you just have to peel yourself out of bed and go, oh, God, I really don't want to do this. This mm-hmm. is awful. Yeah. Um, that, sorry, I live on a main road. There will occasionally be sirens. <laughs> so I'll try that again. Uh, <laughs> now, you, you, you have days where everything is easy and the best thing in the world. Mm-hmm. And you can't, you know, you can't picture a world uh, without that kind of like ease and the flow yeah. and all that. And then you have some days where you just feel dreadful and, every single word has to be ripped from your soul Mm -hmm. and it's a lot easier just to talk about it (laughs) yeah you're absolutely right and I I do want to get on to that because I I admire your openness about mental health and Mm -hmm. and kind of sharing with people what is often a very common thing that as you quite rightly said just a second ago things that people don't talk about imposter syndrome being a classic one you know I, I I'm very vocal about the fact that I have catastrophic imposter syndrome I find for me and I wonder if it's the same for you at the times where you're writing and you're finding 
this just isn't working. It seems to be rubbish, especially if you, I, I find if I come to the end of a project, be that a video or be that something I've written or be it an event I've put together or something like that. And in my head at the time, the whole time I'm thinking, this is rubbish, this is rubbish, this is rubbish. Do you find if you then revisit that after a week or two, or sometimes maybe even after a day or two, you then look at it and go, oh, oh actually it's not, it's not that bad because that I find that a lot. And I always try to remind myself if, if something is genuinely a bit rubbish, which can happen, you know, we can all be bad at things. I, I'd like to hope that there are people, enough people around me that could sort of politely tap me on the shoulder and go, oh, John, this is actually a bit rubbish. Stop doing this. <laughs> I'm, I'm terribly sorry, John. Yeah. You're just bad at this. Just, Would you mind awfully, just for the sake of all of us, terrible. just knocking it on the head and going away? Um, just, now, I'm, I'm fortunate either I've got friends who are catastrophic liars uh, but, uh, or, or I'm actually not as bad as I often think. But do you find yourself in the same boat? Do you often find that you look back on stuff that you've done previously and go, oh, actually, that's quite good or I, not as bad as I thought? I will be a thousand percent honest. I Once something's published, I don't look at it. Okay, that's interesting. Um, the only time I'll do it is because I have some clients, you send it to them, they sub-edit it and everything's perfect. Mm. Some you upload it to their CMS and then just set it live and say, by the way, this is here. And then I have a a friend who is very supportive and also gets quite bored easily. So she says, oh, send me, send me this thing. And she'll point out the typos. Nice. Um, And she will occasionally say, this is funny. This joke landed, which is great. She knows naff all about cars. (laughs) Great. Um, But no, I, I don't touch it because... One, busy, mm-hmm. which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, two, I don't want to find like a glaring mistake. Like my biggest fear is there's something wrong with something. And it's I've I've done it before. I've done it in videos mm-hmm. and that I've done it in um I've done it on podcasts, I've done it in stuff that you definitely can't change. Yeah. Um and that's a huge fear of mine, is just making that big glaring mistake. But how do you feel because I, I get that. I get that emotion entirely. But for me, I often, I work very much on the basis of once something has happened, it's that uh, there's a flow chart. In fact, I, I think back to the time when I worked at Car Throttle. I used to work very closely to Alex Kirsten, who's a good friend. And we, we developed together a little flow chart that's actually made its way onto the internet. It's, it's become a meme, which is, do you have a problem? It's a yes, no diagram. And the problem, mm. do you have a problem? Yes or no? If the answer is no, it goes straight to the bottom. It says, then don't worry, because there's no point yeah. in worrying. And if the answer is yes to do you have a problem, the next question is, can you do anything about it? And if the answer is yes, then the answer is, then don't worry. The arrow goes straight down to the bottom, don't worry, because there's no point worrying about it. If the answer is no, it goes to, then don't worry about it. It's exactly the same. Whatever <laughs> happens, the end result is, then don't worry about it, because it's already happened. You can't change it. You can't do anything no, yeah. about it. So therefore, you can feel a bit silly about it. You know, I. I many times have got things wrong in both written articles and in videos and in conversations where I've made myself look a bit of a wally because I've got something completely wrong. But once it's happened, it's happened. You're like, well, you know, it's nothing I can do about it. So no point worrying about it. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're entirely right. But um, what you forget is that I, I have a need to be right about everything all the time. <laughs> and if I'm not, I feel like I've failed. That's, that, that's, it's one of the strange things. It's like, oh, yeah, I've got that a bit wrong. Mm. Oh well, clearly you're rubbish at everything. Then you yeah. should just throw yourself off a bridge because it's over. Mm. You've, you've, you're, you're useless. It's not that bad, obviously, but it's uh, it's like a, no. If if I'm not right, then it really it hits me quite hard because I feel like I failed 
um, not only myself, but also a client mm. and the people who have trusted trusted me to do stuff, which is weird. Like, it shouldn't be a problem, but no. it just is. Just I'm just a highly strung, shiny man. <laughs> <laughs> which is fine. And, and I think, you know, the, the more you're able to come to terms with the... I don't want to even want to call it an issue because it's not an issue. It's a very normal trait for any human being to have. And I think mm-hmm. every everybody has an element of self-criticism mm-hmm. and everybody doubts themselves when something doesn't oh, quite man. go to plan. If, if, you ever, if you ever meet someone either in this job or in any walk of life who believes that everything they do is perfect, just walk away. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. They are, they are, they are, they, they are trouble. Yes. And they are bad. They are bad people. <laughs> I, read a, I read a thing the other day, going completely off the top of cars. It was, um, uh, it was a, an article on The Poke. Um, where someone had tweeted, what are immediate red flags mm. in in someone? And one of them was like liking Elon Musk. Another one was just <laughs> telling telling everyone uh, that they're that they're absolutely amazing at everything, like never admitting they're wrong. It's like, yeah, yeah. Big red flags, big yeah. red flags. <laughs> or anyone that says, I don't really find The Office that funny. Oh, man alive, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, mate. That's, that's <laughs> Should we just end this conversation right now? I've, I've not watched The American Office, but the British one just makes my, makes me die inside a little bit. <laughs> I know no. that's the point. That is I the know point. that's the point, but it's so powerfully cringe. I feel the same about Partridge too, which I'm sure oh, really? will be some sort of pariah. Gosh. Yeah. Wow. I know. Wow. I know. I've I've misjudged you entirely. I know I'm 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 a terrible person. Uh, I also <laughs> if 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 you want to keep going with this, I'm not a big fan of dogs. I prefer cats. I mean, That's yeah. okay. That's okay. Um, <laughs> I like dogs, but I like cats too. Uh okay. Uh, uh, I can't really think of anything else that's glaringly terrible, though I'm sure I'll I'll trip myself up and reveal like I I, I, I like punching babies or something later. Do you, <laughs> I don't. Do you like Fiat Multiplers? This is a question I've been asking um, a few people. They belong in a museum uh-huh. far away from my house. Uh-huh. <laughs> See, I don't mind a multiplier. Whereas I can't believe you'd even say those words. It's just something... I, think... I mean, I, 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 I get it because they're odd looking and yeah. they could seat loads of people. And as a piece of actual design, they were quite clever. Really? But conversely... They're horrid. <laughs> so on the one side, clever. clever. On the other side, horrid. And I think that I think it's that balance because for the benefit of the listener, both Alex and I we, are now doing, doing scales and do. scales. Um, that's why I love it. And I think it's big. It, it, it's a bit like when somebody says, "Oh, I really don't like something," or vice versa, or "I really do like something." There's something in my head that goes, "Well, I should probably like that then," or, <laughs> or "I should probably hate that." It's like I didn't watch Breaking Bad for about ten years after it came out because everyone in the world said, "Oh my god, it's brilliant!" So I just automatically assumed I'm going to hate it. Can I test this then? Go on, uh, Donald Trump. Well, that's a bit, you know. Come on, we all. I mean, there. I don't. I th- I find it him murderers. Hit. What about murderers? <laughs> don't we just stand on murderers? Yeah. So. Uh... What about intravenous drugs, John? Heroin. Where do you stand on heroin? Big fan. Uh, I I did enjoy morphine um, for a bit when it was Actually, needed. Yeah, in, in, so yeah, yeah, I can le- I can caveat legal that. legal morphine, especially when it wipes out incredible pain, is yeah. the best thing in the world. It's it's pretty good. I'm catastrophically allergic to it, so it makes me vomit profusely. But at the time that it yeah, was needed, nice. it was great. 
Yeah, but the wonderful thing about it is you will be chucking your guts up. You will be emptying your face at some velocity and distance, but you won't care. No, that's right. Full of morphine. That's right. I, I promise, dear listener, we will get back onto the subject of cars, but I'll share my morphine story very briefly. I had an operation when I was in my teenage years, which required a lot of morphine as a painkiller. And at the time of me feeling catastrophically ill, I remember this vividly, at one point I found myself floating around the room being circled by black Testarossa Ferraris. Wow. That was how good that particular uh, opioid experience was. Wow. But what, what but I would say to whole, any... yeah, on the whole, opiates, bad, don't, don't do take it. Them. Yeah, don't <laughs> avoid it if possible. Um, yeah, I mean, Gem, yeah, don't... I'm going to go back to cars. Let's go back to cars. Drugs are bad. Cars are great. Cars are very good. Give me a needle of cars. Indeed, exactly. (laughs) Inject me with cars. Now, we towards the beginning of the conversation, there was a word that I flagged because I wanted to bring it up, which is uh, the the I word, influencer. It gets thrown around. It's it's big in the media at the moment because of various ridiculous reasons you know Im- influencers yes yes influencers sitting on this morning with holly and phil talking about why it's essential oh, that, that they're just in a beautiful in, in thing Dubai. to watch she just they were just giving her the rope she was <laughs> winding it around her neck yeah be kind yeah yeah <laughs> sorry no you're you're right you're right but it's it's fascinating and the world of cars is definitely uh rife with the term it's not short of an influencer or two exactly it? exactly i'd like to know where where do you stand? Where, what, in your opinion, where does an influencer end and a journalist start? Or is there such a thing as a influencer that influences for the right reasons? Can an influencer be powerful to a brand? Where? Um, what do you think? It's a tricky one because I remember there, there has classically been a sort of animosity between journalists and influencers. Mm. Largely, I think, I, I, I spoke about this um, with Sam Moore's on, on yep. his podcast mm-hmm. ages ago. Um, and I think there, 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 there's this animosity partly because you all of a sudden had all these people who had massive audiences um, turning, up to a, t- turning up to a launch in a car that the journalists had been reviewing like two weeks before, except it was there. So I think there was mm-hmm. that whole kind of, uh, there's a lot of, I'm loath to say jealousy, but there is that kind of gulf between yeah, I've got a Ferrari and started making videos about my Ferrari, and now I'm insane. I'm now I'm insanely famous because of it. Yeah, um, which would have rubbed a few people up the wrong way because on the journo side, it takes years to kind of work your way up to doing launches and then doing the really cool stuff and then being the authority on that. And there, I think a lot of people felt like the carpet was being taken out from under them. Yeah. In that, you know, we are this magazine, we are that magazine, we have, you know, decades of heritage. And all of a sudden, some dude with a YouTube channel and a camera on a wobbly stick Mm. is going, hey, guys. So uh, that sort of calming down, there was this initial rush um, of like, oh, we must have an influencer for everything. We must, we must, we must, we must, we must. And you end up with sort of this weird mix of a bloke who's doing a review of a hotel and of the car mm. you've got the guy from the magazine that's been going for a century being like what is going on over there <laughs> and then on the complete other end of the scale you've got someone who's invited to do an instagram post for one hundred fifty thousand people who can't even drive yeah yeah um so that sort of it it was a massive reset because when i started what 12 ish years ago you know going on a car launch was a big deal mm. um i was youngest by 
by a, a long margin. You know, it was a lot of old boys propping up the bar, telling stories about the good old days, and they got incredibly boring. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it went, okay, young generation, new generation come in, and then bang, who's this guy with the pointy hair and the bomber jacket? What is this? Mm. And it, it was it was a very sudden change. Um, whereas now I think it's, it's more a part of the... Uh, uh, influencer influencing is, is more a, a part of the furniture. Yeah. Um. It's it's more established, and you you meet some genuinely cool guys through it. Like, you know the yeah. Long long gone are the are the oh yeah well I'm I'm just doing it for for the lols and like these are this is people's careers mm. and they're smashing it yeah. like so much. And there is you know you you're talking about can influencers be good for a brand? Yes and no. Um, if you get sort of if you get the ones who are openly disrespectful uh, about you name it, mm. um, you know, you can you can be critical of a, of a product. Sure. But if you turn up to someone's house and say, I think your sofa's rubbish because I don't like you. <laughs> yeah, that's not really on, is it? You mm. can say your sofa's rubbish because it's got three legs and a spring poking out every time you sit down on it. I always wonder whether people can go too far I, th- I think there was a stage where it what it swung very much in the oh influencers are everything right mm. and now it's sort of slowly swinging back i mean yeah. at the beginning i was very critical of of influencers largely because one nearly hit me with a car actually Ooh. two have nearly hit me with a car one i was on an event with another one was driving like a a silly person <laughs> around my neck of the woods and <laughs> nearly cut me in half with his lamborghini wow um so next time I do see him, I will be having words. Um, well, largely because if you're gonna, if you if you drive around in cars like that, you can't drive like a numpty. Yeah, yeah, I've never because you will that. get spotted, especially if you've got a personalised number plate on it. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's yeah that that side of the the industry, the the kind of uh... well, we've, we've talked about it before. You you said that you've got people on YouTube, that you have a few in mind where. They film themselves driving silly speeds. Yeah, that I, oh, it I makes no sense to me it. at all. You, that you, winds me up. You hear of that people being convicted moment. with dash cam footage, and you think, yeah. you know, if somebody's gone to the effort to pick apart somebody else's dash cam footage to bring a conviction onto somebody else, just in case people are listening from outside the UK. I know we have a lot of listeners in the US, for example. Yes, in here in the UK, we can be convicted as drivers with somebody else's dash cam footage without any proof or indication as to who was actually behind the wheel of the car. If you are the registered owner of a car, a fine will go to you and it's down to you to prove that it wasn't you driving, etc, etc, etc. But yeah, if, if we can get convicted with other people's dash cam footage, how on earth or what goes through people's minds when they decide to go out, strap a 45 GoPros to their Lamborghini and drive through suburbial London at 85 miles an hour on the road. It's mind-bending. It's a case of uh, undoing their fly and showing everyone what's behind it. Mm. Um, Sadly, those who feel the need to do so, I imagine, don't have much to show off. Um, (laughs) They, you know, it's it's this need to go, oh, yeah, look at how great this thing is. Look how great I am because Mm. I've got a lot of money and I can go fast. Um, there was, I can't remember where this quote came from and if I, I really should look it up because I parrot it out quite a bit. Never before has a generation documented itself so so fervently yet achieving so little. Mm. <laughs> it's very true. Um, well, yeah. You know, you, you, you get that there is like genuinely brilliant stuff out there, but then there is the, yeah, I've got a, I've got a bright purple Lamborghini, watch me spank it around a school. Mm. Just think, no, don't, don't be that guy. Yeah. Don't be that we guy. Can... But no, I, I, I honestly think there's, um, there, there's, there is space for journalists and 
influencers and you know there's loads there's loads of different kinds of media yeah and why should anyone why should i be the one to write write an influencer off mm. um simply because i don't watch it i also don't watch football doesn't mean i want it to go away yeah i mean i yeah. kind of want it to go away but <laughs> but uh, whereas, and uh with with influencers and, and brands um i suppose I've, I've i've got to be careful what i say because i have worked for for an brand mm. or two along the way. Um. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The way I see that kind of thing is so long as there is an obvious connection between person and brand. Yeah. Uh, and objectivity or subjectivity at least can be can be kept for example as i said earlier i i do social media films for morgan mm-hmm. uh, every now and then or have done in the past uh my link with them is that i own one uh i love it but it's also the worst car ever made <laughs> uh, <laughs> well there's, there's a question i want to want to actually ask you going on to the worst car i've made for example which i don't think is morgan necessarily but when you want to review a car or talk about a car and you say you get on well with the brands like Morgan. If there was ever a point that you had to say, I don't like this because, do you ever worry about ruining that relationship with a brand? Like, because obviously you've got to be honest about what you're talking about for, for people who are going to read your um, words. And so I would personally, I would just, because I want to, I'm a, I'm a people pleaser and I want to make sure everyone's happy. So for me to be like, yeah, I didn't love it, gives me the worst anxiety inside me thing ever. Is, I mean, it's, it's my job. Yeah. Mm. So, my job is to say if something is good or bad. Now, luckily, we live in a time where there are very few objectively bad cars. Mm-hmm. And also, I'm quite picky, so <laughs> won't go for the stuff that we know is going to be objectively a bit pants. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so with 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 the brand I'm, I'm mates with, um, you know, I I was very matey with with Jaguar back in the day, and I drove the E Pace, and I said it was awful because it was mm-hmm. it was an bad car, mm-hmm. like compare it to to anything else like i was i was driving with um i was on the launch with uh tom ford and he was he was saying if this had been launched 10 years ago it'd be the best thing in the world now right. it's just a bit average mm. like it looks like an egg the 300 horsepower two liter petrol was naff mm-hmm. the gearbox was a bit naff it just it wasn't enough space blah 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 blah, blah. but I, i'm not i you shouldn't be afraid to say a bad thing about a car mm. um it's your job Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Um, you know, you can say I like this, I like this, I like this, but this is bad. So, for example, the uh, the GI Yaris that's doing the rounds. Yeah, you know, I don't drive many Toyotas, um, 
uh, par for the course. That's not really not really my beat. But I, I borrowed a, a GI Yaris for a day, got in it within 10 yards. I was like, no, nope, this car is, is absolutely brilliant. And then drove it around a bit. And, you know, I enjoyed the fact that it wobbles in corners and I enjoyed the fact it made a big farty noise and it went very quickly. <laughs> I hated the fact it was the noisiest thing in the world on the motorway. Uh-huh. But you have to mention that mm-hmm. stuff because yeah. otherwise someone will go, but I was told this is perfect. Like, yeah, no, yeah. There is always there is always something to talk about, and ultimately that level of honesty is, is never really going to do you much harm, you know, unless you're being no. unnecessarily savage. Because of course, if you are in the market to buy a GR Yaris, you're probably not thinking about having it as a, a commuter car that you're going to do 500 motorway miles. You'd be a week. surprised, really. <laughs> You'd be oh man, like people people save up for stuff like that. I mean, I used to have a what, an R53 Mini Cooper S, mm. not a motorway car. Yeah, <laughs> when I was at university, I would drive it from Leeds to Cambridge to see my. Well, each to their own. <laughs> it was. I could have had a better car, but I was eighteen and didn't have any money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think my car at eighteen was much better. I think it was a, one of those old Ford KAs, which I still hate to this day. Yeah, they're um, of an individual choice. But then your daily that you drive on the motorway, Amy, <laughs> is a Land Rover Defender, which is arguably the worst car you could possibly ever oh. drive on the motorway. Yes. I'm going to upset all the Defender fans again no, for the no, second no, no, time no. in a month. So, from a... Yeah, a, a, a depressing tale from, from my past. When I was uh, working at uh, X-Car, now, now Carfection, uh, producer Nick, we were talking about long-termers and crew cars, and producer Nick said, oh, mate, I really, 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 really squealy want a Defender. Can you make it happen? And I was like, I'm sure we can. And it was early days and that channel was growing. And mm. even with like a big brand like CNET behind us, it was, it was, it was tough. And we, I basically, I, it took about 18 months to two years and we came up with a content plan and we finally convinced Land Rover. We want a 110 double cab pickup because the pickup we could put a cameraman in the back of. If it was a hard top, you can't have the door wide open to yeah. open sideways, which is irritating. Got it. It arrived. Nick was in the office like, Nick, it's here. Your dream car is here. And I was like, yeah! Had man handed me over the keys and I went, Nick, You've wanted this for so long, and I'm always going to be in the shiny sports car, so this is for you. <laughs> you take the first drive. He got to the end of the road and went, I hate it. We were stuck with it for, I think, nine months. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, God. Why did he hate it? Um, Amy, you, you should know this. It is objectively terrible. <laughs> it is a bad car. Like you, 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 you can give it a quarter lock of steering and it wouldn't turn. You couldn't move your right elbow anywhere. Uh, even though it was massive, it was difficult to see out of and tiny inside. Uh, it drank like a fish. It was bouncy. Uh, visibility was dr- it was just awful. Like I still want one. <laughs> like, I, I, I'd have one any day of the week. I think it'd be absolutely brilliant. But I need land for, for that, and yeah. I don't have any land. I mean, I would still say it's a decent motorway vehicle. I mean, don't have a canvas roof like I've got because I'm definitely gonna lose my hearing in the next year. I think from trying to listen to my music at least. But um. You know, in terms of an actual safe daily drive, safe maybe it's the wrong word to use. Actually, yeah, I wouldn't want to crash one of those. No, <laughs> no, um, no. But I have to say, this morning I actually had a brand new windscreen fitted, which now I can see everything, and I feel like I am 
the like the the, the I don't know the best car on the road because I can see everything. <laughs> so. That's that's all you need to make a Defender a good car. You just need to be able to see where you're going. Yeah, I mean, I, I have been told being able to see helps the driving experience. Yeah, I mean, it's it's exhilarating if you can't. Have, there are definitely yeah. some, some vehicles that you oh, visibility at least at the back is not the greatest. True. Have you had a go in the new one yet, Alex? Yes, I have. I've driven the 110 and the 90. It's ah, great. Good. It retains all the good bits of the old one, but with the expense of a new Land Rover. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we, we've recently had one as well. And in fact, by the time this video goes, this podcast goes out, we should have a video out and available and ready to view on our YouTube channel, which is um, myself and Amy rocking around in Wales, um, Amy and her trusty old Defender and, and me and the new one. And I, I agree with you. I, I, I think it isn't absolutely fantastic bit of kit as a you know no surprise land rover make a good car that goes off-road um but uh yeah I, I i'm not i can understand why a lot of the old defender fans are a bit grumpy about it um but at the same time yeah but oh no you 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 raised a good point when it came out the fact that people are disappointed they can't hose sheep effluence out the back of mm. it yet none of these people own sheep you know the, the, yeah. the, the whole the whole hating on it it's like, oh it's going to be really expensive oh and it's got nice seats and oh, oh yeah it's, it's just not going to be practical for what we need it for no <laughs> but the kind of people who want to buy a vehicle that does does all this like sheep effluent stuff have already bought a Hilux. That's exactly right. It doesn't matter. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, they actually have, yeah. Yeah, it's very true. Like they, they've bought a Hilux and, and you know what? The posh ones who object to the idea of a new Defender and also going as, as lowbrow as a Hilux, soon they're going to have an Ineos Grenadier, which they can hose out, even with its screens. And it looks just like an old Defender, Indeed. except it's built by an expat billionaire uh, in France. So it's about as British as it can get. Yeah, it's the, it's the, 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 the pride of Britain. Um, yeah, we, oh, we promised to build it here in the UK. It's going to be great. It's going to be a, an, a homegrown project. Oh, wait. Uh, oh, oh, that's going to be expensive. No, we're going to do it in France, actually. So <laughs> we're, 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 sorry about We're going to build it in an old smart car factory in France. <laughs> uh, like from, from on, a, on a sort of business case point of view, it makes sense for them to to do it like that. There is a pre-built mm. factory and a pre-trained workforce that knows how to build cars. However, from a this is going to be a great bit of British industry side of things, it's just lies. Mm. It's a big box of lies with a German powertrain, a Portuguese transmission, steel gotten from Lord knows where, a chassis got from Lord knows where, but it's okay. It's funded by the richest Britain ever who lives in Monaco. <laughs> Who's, who's uh, one of the chief sponsors for a German Formula One team who actually builds their car in Britain. <laughs> <laughs> it's fascinating. I'm glad you brought up the Grenadier, though, because, again, on the managing of expectations, you know, with people arguing and being grumpy about the fact that they can't put a sheep in the back of their Land Rover. Um, uh, when the uh, Grenadier first materialised, the, the idea, or they launched it as a, as a thing. They said, here it is, here's what it's going to look like, and it's going to be built, and, and you can all buy it. I remember looking at uh, social media comments from people that were following it and all saying, well, you know, if it's going to be a new Defender um, and it's going to go after that market, then then realistically it needs to be about 10 grand. Otherwise, nobody's going to buy it. And I remember thinking, like, what planet are are the average consumer on at the moment if they think you can go out and buy a brand new <laughs> Land Rover Defender mm -hmm. slash G-Wagon product for 10 grand? It's just... Um, it's very strange. Yeah, very, yeah very it's, strange. It, it, it's a strange world we live in. But bear in mind, uh, you know, a Fiesta ST now is 20 grand. Mm. 
which is a lot of money. I remember when the this generation Fiesta launched and it was like the most expensive that well the cheapest was like 15 16 for the style that had you know a cassette deck in it basically <laughs> and you could get it in flat white with tiny jammy dodger steelies uh, and the top spec one was 21 grand for the vignale wow for like a a vignale with a uh, 1 liter three pot whatever that's a lot of money but mm. people don't pay that anymore do they well nobody goes and buys a car anymore do they they, they go to the bank and the bank buys the car for mm. them and they pay the bank well, 100 pounds mm. a month or whatever it is well, i don't like doing that but that's why i keep my cars forever yeah yeah i'm with you on this one and because <laughs> i save up lots of money and go hello i would like to have no money but that please <laughs> take my pile of cash in exchange take... for your product let's get on to the subject of your cars then alex yeah. because you have got some cool metal I have I have some cars, which is more than you need in London. Which is <laughs> obvious that the correct answer for cars you need in London is zero cars because because public transport. I disagree. Unless you want to leave the city, well, true. I unless disagree. you want to leave the city, yeah, uh, exactly. But why would you ever want to do that? It's the best city in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I, you're, you're absolutely correct, um, which is the reason I now live in the West Midlands. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, run us th run us through the the fleet. Um, and feel free uh, to drop the cars that you don't own, fleet. just in case you've got a, a cool press car. You said you had the Yaris, but only for a day. Was that right? I yeah, I had I. Uh, so this week I had the Litchfield take on the GR oh, Yaris. Oh, I went brilliant. up to Litchfield. Um, he had two cars to play with: one that had lower and uh, more sorted suspension, and one that had forty more horsepowers. Ooh. Um, I will say I preferred the one with more horsepower and looser springs because it was a bit more fun. Interesting. The one, the one with the one with suspension mods did make it objectively a better car, mm. but it kind of took the spirit of the car away from it. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it depends. It depends what you want, really. If you've got a GR Yaris, I would give him six hundred quid, and he'll give you forty more horsepower. Yes, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> not too bad, really, in the like, grand scheme of things, isn't it? Yeah, it's the best thing in the world. Uh, that. Uh, that was good fun. I went drifting in the snow uh, in a friend's car park because they had a car park and it was empty. And I and I know and I know who that friend is. <laughs> you know who that friend was as well. But we're not going to get him into trouble. Um, just a quick text. Hang on, mate. I'm twenty miles from you. Are you in your office? Yeah. I'll be there in forty minutes. <laughs> then we had a lovely chat and we took some lovely pictures on the snow. And then he went. There's a car park out there. Do you want to? Do you, do you want to do some circles? Yes, yes, I do. Yes, yes, I do. Well, anything else in the world? Then cue a massively shared picture, yeah. uh, which is quite nice. Yeah, it won't require a degree in investigation to work out which friend's car park that was. If anyone does, quickly go into your I mean, Instagram I mean, and have a yeah, look. I have put the location on the Instagram post <laughs> on my Instagram. So, you know, if, if you're really keen, you can you can seek me out and discover that I went to my mate's place and was a bit of a burke. But for work. Bit for work. It was for work. It was, for it was, work. It was an essential trip. It was, it was a, we were photographing a vehicle and uh, I was testing its handling limit. <laughs> <laughs> right, come on then. Cars, cars, cars. What have you got? Cars, cars, cars. Um, I own two cars. Uh, one is currently in hibernation and the other is my daily. Would you like to know about the silly car or the practical car? Silly. Yeah, let's go silly. The silly car is a Lotus Purple Morgan three-wheeler. It has a shark's face on it and I love it. <laughs> Your eyes it's just really lit up when you talked about it. <laughs> it's I I adore that thing. It's a very stupid car. I bought it uh, just before my thirtieth birthday because 
I'd saved up a lot of money for a reason. And then that reason decided that we probably shouldn't be a reason anymore. So I bought a car. Fab. Um, and uh, it's great. I love it to bits. It is now nearly five years old, which makes me very nearly 35. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I mean, so I am also a lover of the Morgan Three Wheelers. I don't own mm. one, but I absolutely love them. Can you try and tell the listeners, if they've never sat themselves in a three-wheeler and had a go, what is so fun about them? Um, so if you've never if you've never been anywhere near a three-wheeler, chances are quite high because they're quite rare. Um if you just imagine you're getting into your bath, but it's got leather upholstery <laughs> and a steering wheel, and then everyone can see you. Um, that's kind of what it is. So you drive like around to... completely naked, is that right? Hey, Soho is a very accepting place. <laughs> I, I have, I've never driven around in it completely naked. Uh, I have done it in various states of undress, uh, on dares which has been quite fun and occasionally quite brisk. Uh, it's quite low down, so truckers can see in. I wish I was lying. Um, but uh, it's, 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 a truly, it's a truly bizarre thing because um, it, it's, uh, well, it's, it's like sitting in a bathtub. Um, it's, uh, it, it's a terrible car. Um, it's 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 genuinely awful because it doesn't like to steer so you can turn in and then it'll sort of understeer and sort of slowly bring itself around and then if you give it a little bit too much power it will oversteer Mm. if you dip the clutch in a bend it will oversteer or spin Um, if you brake too hard the wheels will lock if they have a little bit of lock on it you will probably spin Um, it's inherently unbalanced and when you go around a tight corner you can see because the front tires are very narrow um, so you can see the tire slowly peeling its way off the rim, mm. um, which is which is an experience. Um, <laughs> it's very visceral. There's loads of noise. It's got a two liter V twin. The exhaust run right past either side of the car, but you hear the engine, you know, because it's right in front of you. you know, your your legs are pretty much a crumple zone. The whole thing shakes and wobbles and rattles, and everything sort of slowly undoes itself over time. <laughs> so you've got to tighten up all the nuts and bolts every now and then. I have nearly lost a luggage rack at one point. Um, <laughs> in the middle of Portugal. Um, it's it's just, it's, it's, it's what you think classic motoring would be like, um, but slightly less stable and slightly less oily because it, there's not much to go wrong. Yeah, that's the, so the convenience of modern engines. They don't throw oil at your face anymore, do they? Which is yeah, I mean, I've, I've had to go under it a couple of times um, uh, because the belt started squeaking and the gearbox fluid leaked a lot for a bit. Um, but other than that, you know, it's been it's been pretty good. Oh, and all the electricity fell out of it in October. Nice. <laughs> so I, I I normally put it into hibernation over the winter, and for whatever reason, I couldn't couldn't store it. And so I had you have to take it out every two weeks, mm. otherwise the battery will eat itself. Yeah. Um, because it's got an immobilizer on it. Why I thought to put an immobilizer on it? Why do, why would I spec this? Because if you steal it. Find the guy in the bright purple bathtub. It has a face. It's true. You cannot miss it. Like the most photographed thing in the world. Although I do want to hear that um, that nine 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 phone call when it does get stolen. I want to hear the description. <laughs> so it's it, it's purple. It's got uh, it's, purple. it's got teeth. Um, it's got teeth, and it's got three wheels. Yeah. What? Yeah, three wheels. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't believe it, would you? How do you get on with the? Um, you, you mentioned that everyone looks at you. How do you get on with that? Because for me. You know, I drive a fairly conspicuous track day car, which a lot of people mm. look at and a lot of people want to talk to me about. And I, yeah. um, 
what's the, the most diplomatic way to say this? I hate that. I, <laughs> I hate getting to an event. I hate going to a petrol station. And pulling up next to the transit van, knowing that the the driver well, wants mate, to talk about the car. Know. Yeah, and you know, it's not because I I have an aversion to people as such. I, I mean, a bit, a bit. But ultimately, I I hate to think of myself as that guy that's like driving the car because I want to be seen, which I am just absolutely catastrophically not. I drive the car because I love it, and it's mm. and it's brilliant. Um, but I do, uh, I, I try to avoid that situation of people asking questions about it and, and whatnot, because I just feel like a bit of a burke. How, are, are you comfortable with the, the attention you get in it? Because of course, being open top as well, everyone just strikes up a conversation. It's a bit like being on a cool bike with an open face helmet. People just talk to you because yeah. they're like, I can see your face and you can see mine. I'm going to talk to you about your mm -hmm. car. Well, John, by the very nature of what I do, I am a bit of a tart, so I'm, I'm okay with I'm okay with it. Like uh, being someone that suffers from some quite heroically awful social anxiety in any given position, mm. it, 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 it's quite odd to be okay with with that. But because I'm in a in a shell, yeah. and normally I drive it with uh, uh, plugs or, or headphones in because mm. it's so bloody noisy, um, I, I'm okay with it. It's it's very weird because. I like that it brings people joy and I like that that joy is transient because it means they can't stop me and ask any awkward questions. Yeah. So, you know, you get, you get people at traffic lights going, oh, mate, what's that? So it's, it's a Morgan three-wheeler. I was sort of shouting to a man in, a, in, a, in an Arctic once at the foot of Lambeth Bridge. Uh, it's a Morgan three-wheeler. Oh, yeah, who makes that then? Well, Morgan. <laughs> um, I've had, um, you know, the, the, the really the really funny thing about it is people don't realise that you can see them. Yes, of course. So you get this weird disconnect because they, they think they're looking at a really weird car, but they don't get that there's someone in it. You are the car. So, yeah. So there's this one bloke uh, on the London Bridge going southbound on my way home. And this bloke I stopped to the front of the lights and this bloke walked across and he sort of squatted down and crabbed across the road from one side to the other, giving it a proper, like, eyeball. It was really strange. And then he popped up and got his camera out, and I just waved, and he looked genuinely shocked that I'd seen him. Uh, but you, you, you get people waving, and you get, like, kids wanting to know what it is, and, like, whenever I, I did a, a big silly road trip in it a few years ago, and um, a bunch of kids, you know, saw it. And we're like, yeah, sit in it if you want, mm. have a play. I don't, I, I don't care. It's, it's something for, for everyone. Um, you know, I, I'm privileged enough to have something like that mm. that makes people's days. How dare I say no? Yeah. No matter how tired I am, no matter how grumpy I am. You know, if someone says, oh, can I sit in it and can I have a picture? Of course you can. Mm. If you know, it's a very, it. You don't see many of them, and it's ridiculous. If I saw something like that and I'd know what it was, of course I'd want to take a picture. Yeah. And how awful would it be if the person driving shooed me away? Yeah. Uh, the, the only time I do get um, upset is when people start putting themselves and me in danger to get a video. Yeah, yeah. Which has happened more than once. Right. Um, I get guys, uh, so I kind of, if I'm overtaking because I go notably faster than trucks and you really really don't want to sit behind a lorry in that thing mm. you don't want to sit behind anything in case it spits something at you yeah mm -hmm. of course because i don't drive it with a helmet and i have been hitting the head with stones before and it really sucks mm. uh, <laughs> just a little ping here and there but it's not fun um but you get people who go in the the second overtaking lane 
and then they're leaning out the window or they've got their phone out the window and they slow down to try and get you to undertake. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. hang on, the speeds we are going, mm-hmm. you're basically getting me to give you some evidence to post on the internet. Yeah. That I'm, I'm breaking. The, no. Mm. And, so and you're breaking the motorway as well. Because yeah. of course that, that's I not how it works. I then have to slow down. And you get guys like the, there was one car that, that got in front of me, then slowed down. So I would overtake, and I was like, "Oh, fine." Went round him, buzzed him, pulled back in to 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 you know normal lane, and then he he appeared alongside me and started slowing down again. And I was just like, I was waving him forward, yeah. like mouthing very rude words because <laughs> he was just being a. It was it was a ridiculous situation. So he could get a video to put on social media. Like it's you have the one side where it's let's make someone's day and you have the other mm. side where it's could you could you not put my life at risk mm. so that your facebook friends think you're cool yeah for a couple of um, likes <laughs> you know it's yeah it's 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 like that it's like that sort of you you are both content creators on the internet you have the you have all the good comments but you then remember the really bad one that tells you that you're rubbish mm-hmm. yeah and it's like yep. you know i am still a person i am yeah. part of this process mm-hmm. like this wouldn't be happening if i wasn't here and i'd rather keep like to continue being here yeah <laughs> um, Sorry, I'm going. I'm going to wave you on now because I'm scared I might die. Um, <laughs> so that's the yeah, car with it's, teeth. It's the best thing ever. That, that's that's the silly car, that's the and there's a practical car, which is an Aston Martin Vantage. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's your practical car. Now I wrote a piece about this because I got. I kept getting so much stick. It's on Drive Tribe somewhere. Um, there is there is in this life a sliding scale of practicality, right? So on one end, you have a family. Congratulations. There is you. There is a spouse. There is child one, child two. Child one and two both need to go to school, ballet, swimming, parkour, art, whatever. You also need to go to work. You need to fill it. You need to have a weekly shop. Uh, you need to whatever with it. It needs to be a workhorse. It needs to be big. Mm-hmm. Therefore, you need something like an SUV. Mm or a people carrier. Mm-hmm. This makes sense. That is a practical car because that's what you need it to do. Then, uh, say, roll back the clock a little bit. You're, you know, a young couple living in the city. Uh, you occasionally give friends lifts to places or you kind of have a fairly active lifestyle like every car brochure seems to think everyone under the age of 20 <laughs> has, under the age of 30 has, sorry. Yet I've never met anyone who windsurfs. Um, <laughs> and they, so they'll probably want something that's small, Easy to park in town, economical, but, you know, big enough that you can have a couple of mates in the back and some squishy bags and then have a great time down at Niki. So you probably want a Focus or a Fiesta or something like that. Mm. Granny and granddad occasionally have grandkids over, want something that shows status that they've they've done well in life, but they also don't want something that's too ridiculous. So something like a three series or a five series or something saloony yeah. that kind of, there is status in all granny and granddad's car. Isn't it comfortable? And doesn't it smell nice? And there's always sweeties somewhere. Then you have the outliers. So that, that that's kind of a decent stretch of like realistic mm-hmm. life, you know, first-ish car, last-ish car, how tragic, uh, to family-ish car. But then you have idiot outliers like me. I live in the middle of a built-up city. I live on my own. I am single. I have no dependents. And I don't really drive that much. I am also, as mentioned earlier, a bit of a tart. So <laughs> the car I replaced, I replaced a Lotus Elise, which was bright yellow, but too impractical. Because uh, when I went freelance, I needed to drive up and down the country mm-hmm. quite a bit for work. Because um, I wasn't dripping in press cars anymore because there was no reason to. And I hate, I hate the idea of 
borrowing a press car just for the sake of having it to say, oh, I've driven it. Yeah. Um, because it does no one any favours and puts a big black mark against your name and you really don't want that, do you? Mm-hmm. Um, so the, I wanted something that was comfy, so it had a roof and had big comfy seats. I could hear the radio at speed. I could fit, you know, a weekend bag, a weekend bag or two in if needs be. I could do a weekly shop for one. Um, it wasn't too big. Um, and was a bit flashy. The only other uh, criteria was that it couldn't be a Porsche 911 because motoring journalists buying Porsche 911s is so cliché. <laughs> and while I will admit I am a bit of a cliché from time to time, I can't be that cliché. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can name, I think, three, four journos off the top of my head that have them. Mm. I think there's another, like, billion hidden somewhere. <laughs> so but the, 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 the short list was... Um, a 911 of some description, that was written off. Uh, a Lotus Evora, but I'd already done Lotus, so yeah, probably not. Mm-hmm. Uh, a Jaguar F-Type of some description, but the one I really wanted was the F-Type R, and the only one I could find that was rear drive and within budget was very far away and very leggy. Mm. And that left advantage, and it just sort of worked. It's got two seats. If you know, I'm, I'm of an age where if, if lots of us want to go somewhere, my friends probably own cars, and if they don't, that's their problem. <laughs> It can fit stuff in the back. Uh, it's got a nice badge. Uh, make my mother's neighbours feel ill, which is perfect. It makes a nice noise. Um, and it makes me feel special. It's it's, it, it's a special car. Mm. Like, it's not... The one I've got isn't perfect at all. You know, it's got it's a couple of scratches here and there. There's a couple of chips here and there. Uh, the, the emotional control unit silly crystal key is chipped to death. Yeah. Um, you know, it's that there there are a few bits with it that aren't quite right, but you rock around in that, and you you know we have I have the Morgan for being silly, and I don't know what it is about the Vantage, but people just let it fly under the radar. Mm. No one like really pays it much attention. It's the stealthiest um, sport sports car because it's not a supercar. It's not quick enough. Stealthiest sports car you can buy, I yeah. think, in that sort of echelon. So if you buy a Porsche, everyone goes, "Oh, look at that man in that Porsche." Yeah. Whereas the Vantage just sort of just goes by. It has and... got. It does have a bit of a an X factor about it, where people do. I, I don't think I've ever met anyone or had a conversation with anyone that said, oh, "I don't really like Aston Martins." Because you know you can get people that go, "I don't get Ferrari. I don't get Porsche. I don't like the shape of a 911." I understand that completely. Yeah. Whilst I might not agree with it, I completely understand it. But I've never, I can't recall ever having a conversation with somebody going, "Oh, but Aston Martins, oh, just, nah, they just don't really do it for me." Because they they do it for everyone. They are just lovely things. Mm. I think it's, it's something about that era of Aston as well. So it's just after DB7. Yeah. Vanquish had come in and started really making waves like as, as a new design direction, like a bolder design direction. Then you had DB9, then that Vantage. And like that, those two cars mm. made such waves when they came out. Yeah. Like, I, I remember reading about the prototype of, of that, that generation Vantage when I was at school. <laughs> I mean, I know Tom Ford at university, Tom Ford did a, did a prototype drive with a with a contemporary 911 just thinking wow i know he says the aston isn't as good but i really want the aston yeah with a concept yeah. coming out that was when i was at school and i was looking at i think a very early version of jalopnik mm. going wow look at that that's so cool i really want that um yeah it's a very very special thing it's one of those things that it's i think modern aston martin design 
it's lost a bit of the elegance. It's gone a bit. It's gone quite aggressive. Yeah. And I'm not sure one that this generation will be remembered quite as fondly. Mm. Um, and two that it works quite as well as I'd like it to. Yeah, that makes sense. That does make sense. I think it's a very interesting transition time at the moment for cars in general. You know, everything yeah. everything is there's a lot happening with regards to electrification and different fuel technology and everything needed to conform to a certain um, environmental aspects and, and whatnot. Mm. That era of cars, it was kind of that, it, it was the very end of the cool stage, wasn't it? If you think yeah. about yeah. what was what else was out and about at that time, we're talking E60 V10 M5s, we're talking 6.2 litre AMG Mercedes. Mm. That, that was the point that nobody really cared about environment or MPG. It was <laughs> it was bonkers. It was absolutely bonkers. Yeah. And yeah, and I, I and it's a it's a manual, I assume, isn't it? Yes, yeah, it is. Perfect. Uh, only because uh, that 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 this particular car, uh, that that generation of advantage has a couple of key weaknesses. One, the paint is rubbish. Because oh, really? while Aston decided they were going to build uh, build their cars out of aluminium, they didn't figure out how to stick paint to it properly. Ah. <laughs> so there are certain points on the car that will bubble. Right. Um, so you have to get uh, there's a paint warranty on it and sometimes Aston honors it sometimes it doesn't um also it eats clutches uh-huh. <laughs> mm. which is a very expensive job to do mm. uh, the automatic eats them even faster oh wow um so while you will have the the convenience of not having to exercise your left leg um you will eventually have to exercise your credit card hand mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's not quite fun um it also well i've i have i've had interesting dealer experiences with it as well um which has uh, which almost made me sell it oh really um yeah you know when something goes in for a, a simple paint job and then they end up have, mucking it up so badly they have to keep it for seven months oh wow there's a problem i i, I will say three months of that was lockdown okay so they're allowed that <laughs> i'll give them that okay but it's still simple paint months. job four months yeah yeah yeah, that's... it's a lot of months not to have a car. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. Um, it is becoming one of those cars. I mean, I frequently we all do the Imagi buying thing, don't we? Whilst we're, you know, sat on the toilet or, or whatever we're doing, and you scroll through on Auto Trader or Piston Heads or very in, insert car search website here, and it is one of the ones that always pops up. And you go, oh bloody hell, they are sub thirty grand. Oh wow, there's one there that's been written off that's sub twenty, and it. it do you think would you recommend it as a as a car for people to go out and buy? Is there a price um, bracket that people should be expecting to pay for an Aston? I may be asking for myself here. Um, whatever you do, don't go and get an automatic four point three, right? Because the four point three are the really early ones, and it's the first generation of the Sport Shift gearbox, Ooh. which is the automatic that loves eating clutches. Gotcha. Um, all right, mine's a sort of post second facelift. Uh-huh. Uh, 4.7 with a stick in it um, and that was had, judging by what I've seen it hasn't lost that much money which is quite That's good. nice yeah. don't, whatever you do don't just don't go for 4.3 because they haven't figured out how to build them yet yeah yeah so, um, so later 4.7 yeah 4.7 with the city crystal key yeah and you're all right avoid the automatic uh, make sure the underside's decent and ask if the clutch has been done because mine's about to need to be done, but I've put about 15,000 miles on it since I bought <laughs> okay. it. Okay, so. okay. And is it, um, what sort of money are we talking for a clutch job on a Aston Martin these days? Um, a fairly sorted Mark II MX-5. 
Oh man. Oh yeah, wow. Well, the, the, the thing is, like, I'm I'm very lucky in that, you know, I've 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 worked a lot, and while it will suck, yeah, it won't I won't be beans on toast time. No, no. Um, you know, with with anything to do with it, unless something truly catastrophic happens, in which case it's have that, thank you. Mm. I'll, I'll I'll have just let me take the things out of the boot, and I'll I'll be on the train home. Thanks. Well, Alex, I'm I'm sad because we've got to a point where we're going to have to start rounding things up because otherwise our listeners will um, fall asleep. They'll, they'll fall and asleep. My monotonous, monotonous <laughs> voice. But let me. Why is why why is he calling himself the shiny man? He's the drony man. <laughs> but I I feel like we have got a lot more that we could talk about. So let's let's um, let's key a date in the diary at some point in the not too distant future, and let's do this again. And it can be it can be Alex Goy. 2.0 or 1.4 oh, or whatever. If, if only I could have a second go round, I would not lose my hair this time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, look. Uh, absolutely any time. Always a pleasure to talk to your lovely face. Oh, well, likewise. So and yeah, no, I'm going to throw a compliment at you here. You're lucky, I'd say, in a sense. Whilst you haven't got hair, at least you're not an ugly bald guy because it can go one of two ways. You know, it, if I so I've done one of those Snapchat filters where. It yeah. removes my hair. Trust me, I would look the most ridiculous human being without hair. Like it would be like a thumb. Children would be crying if I walked past them. I, I may not be a, an ugly bald guy, but I am a weirdly proportioned bald guy. And second, this news broke last night, our time. So Lord knows when podcast time. Mad props to Seb Vettel for one, not going for I'm going to wear a hat all the time. Two, not going for a dodgy hair transplant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and three, rocking up to his new Aston Martin Formula One car as a bald man or a balding man. I haven't seen the that yet. The amount of flack he was getting on, yeah. on social uh, last night. About, yeah, with the hair or lack of. Wow. But yeah. good on him, yeah. Because I, I remember first, because I, I started losing my hair in my early 20s, I think. And I remember fir- well, the first night we shaved it off, we shaved it into a mohawk and went to a party, which was Meg. Brilliant. Uh, but then the next, when we got back drunk, uh, we shaved the rest of it off and I was so self-conscious because it was a zero all over mm. and I couldn't recognise myself in the mirror and I felt really self-conscious and I was I was half expecting people in the street to stop and stare and point and laugh and call me a freak and all that because it's, it's quite a big thing, especially now speaking about influences and perfect lives mm. or you know, stuff you see on, on telly and, mm. and, and all that. It's 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 a big change to all of a sudden from going having rubbish hair to none. Yeah. Yeah. Um and so for him to go out and and not try and cover it up in any way, shape or form and and, and boss it, huge respect for him. Mm-hmm. And the number of people on the internet who are who are making it a figure of fun, it's it's really weird because yeah. I wonder if they would do that to their brother or their dad or whoever. Yeah. Like it's it's not like grown-ups being unpleasant mm. for the sake of points, it didn't sit right with me. No. Hashtag be kind. Exactly, and what a what a crucially <laughs> good point to end on. Yeah, it, you're so. absolutely right. It's um, yeah, a bit more kindness in the world at the moment, please, mm-hmm. dear listener. We all need it. But our listeners are lovely, and they'll all agree with me. You're the best-looking bald bloke I know. Ah. <laughs> so there you are. Ah, you don't know many bald blokes then. Actually, you do. We share the same mate. Yeah, that, the, man with the, the one park. with the car park. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's that. Alex, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for giving us an hour of your time and talking nonsense with us. Can we please do it again soon? I think. Yes, anytime. Just tell me when you want me. I'm not going anywhere. There is a <laughs> pandemic. <laughs> <Woo-hoo>. Superb, <laughs> superb. Thank you so much.
The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. You dream it, we bring it to life. Find out more at drivenchat.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, wow. You've made it to the end. The very end. And it's John Markar here again, reminding you that this podcast, the Driven Chat podcast, has now run its course and has come to an end. To find the new format, search the Driven podcast in your preferred podcast app or head on over to the website driven.site to find some quick and easy links through to the new episodes in the new formats on your preferred apps. Thanks. Bye.